Hey, and welcome to another episode of The Pop Podcast, your weekly conversations with Brick Klein and Rian Roussos to improve your points of performance when it comes to training. The CrossFit Games are over for another year, but there's plenty of takeaways no matter whether you're doing this sport competitively or just giving it a good crack a few times a week in your local gym. From double under crossovers, wall-facing handstand push-ups, we nut out if and how you should be changing up training. I also met some pretty cool people in Madison. One is joining us to recap everything we saw from the sidelines. We're back, episode seven, after a pretty massive week at the CrossFit Games. Um, I guess vibes are pretty high at the moment. And Britt, you're finally back home in California. Yeah. We've also got Jordan, fellow CrossFit frother, with us today. She's going to help us debrief on everything, all our takeaways from this year and this season. Um, Britt, are you recovered? How are you feeling? I like the diaries. Hey, the diaries were fucking epic. I loved them. Like, even if no one listened, I don't really care. I was just like in my element. And I did a bit of stuff for work back home. And at one stage, the host at home said, You sound like you're having a really good time. I was like, This is the best assignment ever. (laughs) So good. But even this morning when I walked into the gym, someone said, you've still got that uh, post games glow. Um, And that was probably from the day that I got really sunburnt. But other than that, yeah, still riding high, (laughs) but definitely glad to get back into my routine. Like the games is pretty intense in terms of like you're rushing to event after event um, and like trying to find time to train in between all that. And yeah, it was amazing but definitely glad to be home and settled. And now I can't wait to see what you guys saw as well because obviously we saw it from a different perspective, but now to go back and watch every event on the broadcast and like all the vlogs on YouTube, still frothing it. It's the gift that keeps on giving, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It was so amazing and I'm so friggin' jealous I was not there. Like, ugh, oh, next year, Pop goes on tour. we got to <laughs> go. I will. I like even just leading up to like like the few days before in the back of my mind I was like I could maybe still make it over there. Oh. <laughs> but it was like I've got a spare ticket and I was like oh don't you do that to me. Don't you do that to me. I don't want to rub it in. But it was just the best. It was so good and it's the best thing I've done all year and I think it lit a fire for me in training too when I just was kind of needing that little push of motivation and just yeah all around good vibes but I think the best thing was you're surrounded by like-minded people and especially for me uh, being around other media and other CrossFit content creators was really awesome Um, we've given them a shout out on this podcast before and I might be a bit biased but the crispy dudes their stuff is absolutely top-notch and I spent a lot of time with the other Riz Dave Risden while we were at this year's game. So before we get into all of our takeaways, Riz and I had a chat about our favourite moments and being there in person in Madison. Hey guys, just a quick shout out to Born Primitive for making this episode of the Pop Podcast possible. 
Right now I've got the everyday crop in about five colors on constant rotation and your new favorite booty shorts. Well, they're exactly that. It's a little colder in Australia at the moment. So I've been wearing the female unmatched joggers, love wearing them for coaching. And I also love the Helix sports bra. Such a soft material and so comfortable to wear for training. Born Primitive are giving all of our listeners a generous discount when you shop via the link on our Points of Performance Instagram page. Follow those links and support us at the Pop Podcast so we can keep bringing you guys episodes every week. Riz from the Crispy Dudes, my sideline sidekick at this year's CrossFit Games. How's the come down? How are you doing? Oh, good question. Um, it's been a couple of days since the end of the games, and I've I've switched straight into uh, holiday mode, um, sightseeing, shopping, um, suffering in thirty four degree heat. Um, but then I did a little bit of editing today on my computer, and I was like, oh man, I just I don't want to stop doing this. So there's still a lot of um, the buzz and the DMs. That, you know, the forty eight hours after the games was epic. Everyone's fizzing. Everyone's sharing posts. Everyone's kind of, you know, wrapping up the games for them. So that's been fun to kind of be a part of. And, um, but yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm in a bit of a low at the moment, but maybe that's because I had a couple of beers last night for the first time in a while. So, yeah. <laughs> like the athletes who I've seen uh, posting their post-game celebrations, which is good to see that they're normal people. Yeah. Um, it's Definitely. a long way from New Zealand to come to Madison. Was it worth the trip? And, and I guess how would you sum up your first games experience? Definitely a long way, but um, definitely uh, definitely worth it. A, f- a few people that I've messaged about it already, I'm just saying, if you're into CrossFit at all, like it is it really fitness at all. It's, it's a spectacle. It's so captivating. It's awesome. There's amazing stories coming out there front and center. There's, there's so many different athletes to follow that you can you know, get behind, which is in all different divisions, which is really cool. Um, CrossFit is reasonably unique in that the, the male and the female divisions have a lot of spotlight on them. Um, sometimes the females don't get as much spotlight, but like, oh my gosh, like the, the women's CrossFit scene is, is, is cranking. Yeah, because we were both there soaking it all up, I'm going to get your help to go through a few questions that came through from our listeners. So first, someone asked about our picks for the podium, and given that we already know who won, Let's pick our top three performances. And maybe it was a surprise package or one of the – let's give top three athletes who impressed you the most across the mm. weekend. Gosh. Um, the first – let's start with a softball, and that is Justin Medeiros. Um, it, you ex- I, I didn't expect him to win. I just didn't. And I, I thought he would have to battle. There were a lot of other people um, really fighting for the title. So to watch him go through the whole – games and just plod along and get the results he needed and, and, and fight for those points and then overall come out on top was just uh, very impressive. Another one that comes to mind is, was, her, was it Lucy Campbell? Yes, okay, Lucy Campbell, who I really only really noticed in the pool uh, event where she won that. Um, and then a few events after that, I just spotted her in these heats and she was performing really well and I was like great she's a she's an exciting young athlete that I that I can track for the years to come and then I, I was very impressed with her performances her win in the last event in Jackie Rowe was very impressive mm. like she's got that endurance yeah. background so you expect her to do well on the road but the fact that she backed it up on the thrusters and the bar muscle ups oh, that was very impressive. muscle ups exactly so that was a little like twinkle on my eye like okay interesting um 
because lots of athletes kind of pop up in, in certain events um, here and there. But yeah, I was excited to, I'm excited to track her for the next you know, year or so and see how she progresses. Um, oh, there's just actually so, so many. But the third one just off the top of my head, um, I just really enjoyed the performances of Roman. Um, Roman Kranikov, all that, the like this mysterious Russian weapon that has come over to put a spanner in the works at the games. And he kind of did just that. And I feel like he just won the hearts of a lot of people as well somehow, um, where he was just this smiley, just enthusiastic, hardworking athlete. And people kind of got got in, into him and fell in love with that little story. And, and he was there having a good time. And it was, it was like hard to not, not fall in love with him. Yeah, you stole my pick. He was my number one. Just the fact that Ooh. everything he had gone through to get there, and he spoke about that, oh. the difficulty before the games. Oh, has been the hardest preparation for CrossFit Games for Roman here. And many athletes might not know this, but this was two, three uh, days before the games. His baby arrived with his wife. A week before the games, he was uh, running around the stores buying baby cribs and diapers and spoons and forks. It was extremely hard because as a man, he was doing it for the first time alone without his wife. Uh, but he really, really wanted them to come here and be comfortable. So for him, it wasn't a chore and actually gave him a distraction. And he didn't care about the competition. He only cared about holding his baby for the first time since he was born in April. He hasn't seen his wife since March. And then it's so great to hear that he's got a visa now five years in the US. So he'll be training, I think, in Madison. But just the smile that he had on his face the whole time, he looked like he was really soaking up the experience. And by the end of it, he looked like he was just having fun. And even with the language yeah. barrier, I can't wait to uh, see his sense of humor develop as he learns English because you can tell he was kind of, I think he's a bit of a jokester. Yeah, I get that. Yes, I see what you mean. So yeah, he was my number totally. one. Uh, Mal O'Brien, I was expecting her to be good, but I wasn't expecting her to be that good. And a couple of times I looked at her on the floor, either at the Coliseum or it was probably better for us because we could see her up close at the North Park. And she just looks a lot older than 18 in terms of the way she handles herself, like always looked really composed, really settled. Mm. Very impressed with her performance and even what she said after winning, the fact that this is just the start for her, it's pretty scary. Seven months ago, I set a goal to be the youngest to ever podium at the Games. So being able to complete that, I mean, is just like unreal. I don't have words for that. And I mean, we're still like, I'm still so new to this and everything. So there's still so much time in front of me and just being able to compete and be pushed to my limit, like, this year and every year, it's just so exciting for the future. And I like I'm being able to improve in just a short six months under Matt and everything. I can't wait to see what next year and the years ahead hold. Good pick. And my final one was Rookie of the Year, Nick Matthew. That crop top. <laughs> but just the fact that he was a backfill position. But then I looked back on his journey it's not like an overnight success story he came sixth last year so just missed out he came fourth in the last chance online qualifier so he was it was like he was meant to be there i definitely i definitely have gained confidence this year being here competing with all these guys um there's definitely still things that i need to work on holes i need to fill 
Um, and that's where I just go back to the drawing board with my coach and my team and we figure that out and keep going from there. We also had a chat with him on this podcast. As I was leaving one day, he was just there. And so, you know, in true Brittany Klein style, I just like rope him in, <laughs> poor guy. Damn. And he was such a good sport. And I just feel like, again, like the Roman Krennikov style, he captured the hearts and minds of the crowd too. And by the end, everyone was just frothing the crop top. Yeah, he did have a, the crop top was a cool little unique feature that people just all of a sudden like thought, oh, that's a bit quirky, it's a bit fun, and who the hell is this guy? Um, but then at one point, I was wandering towards the North Park, and there was a really cool crowd of people all gathering, getting a photo on their iPhone, and I thought, oh, I'm going to snap, I, I, want, I want a photo of this, because it's kind of cool, and I, I want to showcase the, the people that were there. And so I said, oh, sorry to bother you, like, but can I get a photo as well? And they were like, oh, sure. And then I look and I'm like, it's Nick Matthew. And like a crew of all his adoring fans. And they just all were like, yeah, can we get a photo with you? And he was all up for it and, and a really good sport. And I was like, wow, very cool. So, Surely that's one for the crispy dudes grid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't like posting some horizontal photos. So yeah, <laughs> um, I'm too picky. But um, he is, he really begs the question is like what athletes that are out there that are lingering uh, yeah that are like just on the fringe that really could do some damage at the games but they never make make they never make it there that's well that's my like question it's like even in, within oceania there's some athletes that just miss out but hey put them in a games environment and you never know they could win some events and, and do some damage so that's yeah it's it was, he he was a really cool um success story for the weekend and, and he brought some good life to the games Absolutely. The next question, or more so a request, was wanting to get a glimpse of the heavy lifts on Saturday night. And I know we were all pretty surprised when it ended up being a sandbag ladder. But what was it like Saturday night, big lifts come out, being there inside the Coliseum? Oof, good question. Uh, early on with the ladies, I was shooting stills uh, right in the pit, right in the, right in the heart of it. You could watch and it was kind of like who do you watch because there'd be five girls going at once and you and you look at you watch one and then then three have already completed their lift in that time so it was quite but from a from a if you're sitting back watching it's perfect because you just got constant constantly got something to, to follow along with uh, but as they slowly whittled down to the final few it um, just got more and more epic put on a great show and then I just thought oh that was fun but I've got a thousand photos now of um, the girls doing the same ish kind of movement um, I, I think the other photographer can cover them in so I went and sat in the, in the audience with my wife and a bunch of my friends for the men and I was up on my feet I was fist pumping I had a laptop in one hand and I was editing photos from the woman and I was screaming and, and, and <laughs> cheering on these athletes and it was interesting because lots of people said, no, I wish it was a speed ladder or I wish it was a, a heavy snatch. And there, were, there, was a bit of host there was a bit of frustration around that. They were like, we came here for CrossFit. This isn't CrossFit. Um, 
but then yeah i would argue it 100 percent is and it was it was actually so exciting to watch because some of those lifts lasted you know a snatch if they're going for it you know whether they're getting it or not within you know a second whereas that some of those lifts were like 30 seconds long or, or more and they're just hanging on for dear life and you don't know whether they're going to get it or not um it was it was really it was electric it was very cool it's funny that you say that because um christy erimo o'connell came out after the games in the last 24 hours and said she said exactly the same thing to boz when that was announced i have to admit i was like are you kidding like that's what we're doing for our max lift and i even told boz that. i was like mm, i wasn't so sure but then the next morning i told him it, it turned out amazing I was so impressed with all of the men and all of the women and what we were all able to lift. In the back, we were nervous. This was another event that was really unknown. Yes, we know how to pick up sandbags, but getting it to your shoulder, stopping it, controlling it, releasing that arm, that's a whole different ball game. And the sandbags were really big. I remember stepping up to one and I think it was past my kneecaps at one point. I was hoping to get to 180 pounds. The heaviest sandbag I'd ever lifted was 160. Getting to that 200 pound sandbag for me was a huge piece and something I'm really proud of. I also loved watching this event unfold. I loved the battle between Jacqueline Dahlstrom and Danny Spiegel at the end, and I absolutely loved watching Danny Spiegel smash that 250-pound sandbag. A lot of the athletes, including our two male winners, Guy, and, uh, Nick, Guy Maharis and Nick Matthew, they were like, I've never lifted a bag that heavy before. So to see them adapt on the fly and... The journal in me, you can't write that kind of stuff. A dead heat in the final tiebreaker. The heaviest that I ever did in my life was 250 a rogue, and it was already heavy. And this one, 260, 270, I was just praying for God, like, God, give me the strength that I need to win this event, and like, give me the event win. And I just put the bag in my lap and Put it my shoulder. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> and that was it. Uh, thank God. God is good. That's it. Just as a rookie in the games, I mean, it's freaking crazy out there. Like, the energy is insane. Um, like, Guy, like, the most I've ever lifted was 250. And then in the back, even the 300 practice was way heavier than it felt out on the floor. That's why I think people love sport and especially the sport of CrossFit every year at the CrossFit Games and this year perhaps a little bit more than most. The storylines were things that you wouldn't have even been able to come up with and we had so many of them. Speaking of, what was your most memorable moment either as a photographer or as a fan at the 2022 CrossFit Games? Gosh, um... The first one that comes to mind purely because it's from that same uh, event, I'm sitting in the stands watching the men do their sandbag uh, lifts, whatever the official title is, and we're thinking, oh, all of us are thinking, there's too many people. It's, it's like they're, they're going on and on. They're just about at the end. Like, what's going to happen? And then when they give the mic to Boz and he just says, bring it out and then they wheel the out this bag. bag that was a moment that i was uh, screaming i was like yeah because i was like this is epic <laughs> and watching the react yeah but watching the reactions of the athletes who are like i they're just shattered and their central nervous system's like fully taxed and they're like oh crap we've got to keep going because yeah and in hearing the behind the story like scenes about that about how supposedly that bag had not yet been created at the start of the event and how there were just so many people 
whittling through this. I listened to the Savan podcast where they mentioned they have a chat with Boz and he says, I didn't plan for that bag. Um, we just had way too many people going way too heavy. And on the radios, they were saying, hey, look, we've got 16 people at this weight. And Boz is like, oh, no. Like, what? What are we going to do? They're trying to think. I thought that was a rumor. Sudden, I didn't think that was legit. So they made the bag out the back. Yeah. And so the, the some of the road crew were like radioed saying, hey, look, we've made a 350 bag. And he was like, you beauty. So then that's when he said, bring it out. Like, you know, that's how it was the one moment of like, they were scrambling to make sure the event. And it was just epic. Like, that was such a cool moment. So to hear Boz tell that story about how it was all kind of on the fly as well was really cool. Um, but standout moments. Hoo-wee. While you think um, about that, I'm just going to talk about go. how impressed I was with CrossFit on a, a lot of areas like that. But for me, it was the capital. And hearing, again, the behind the scenes of what it took to actually a, make that event happen in terms of working with the city of Madison, but also B, broadcast that to fans. It was better than I expected. I've been losing, losing sleep over that one for weeks. And uh, last night I did not sleep very well because there's a lot that can go wrong with an event that covers that much distance. And it was better than I thought it would be. So I don't think you can plan something that major and hope that it's not going to be iconic. Uh, so yes, absolutely, we were hoping that that would be a real keystone of this weekend and I'm glad that it came off that way and again congratulations to these athletes that was no joke that stair climb at the end was um, it was a punch so I don't think people and I always get quite defensive about this being from broadcast people don't realize what goes into a live event especially sport making it happen on the TV in front of your eyes. And people are like, I didn't see, you know, my cousin's son who's, you know, competing. But listening to Michael Roth, the director, go through, they started planning the broadcast of the Capitol in April. 32 cameras. And what people don't understand is, you know, when they broadcast the CrossFit Games, they have a big truck and, you know, 15 cameras. But they've done the North Park and the Coliseum a lot before. They were doing that on the fly. They had one cameraman hanging out a car door tracking Travis Mayer in the first heat. Then there's a drone. Then And that magical moment at the end that they were able to capture that, I think for me, yeah. not only as a fan, being there on the steps of the Capitol and soaking in that environment, I've never experienced anything like it. But then, like you said, as you hear those stories of the behind the scenes, it makes it just all that more spectacular. And that for me was one of the best moments of the games I don't even remember who I mean I do Gabriella Magala and Ricky won that event but there's so many other things that you remember and that moment of Rebecca Facilier just walking up the stairs I don't think anyone's ever going to forget that Um, and I wouldn't be surprised as well you know I've got family members who are watching that thinking this is just incredible I wouldn't be surprised if that's like an ad advert for CrossFit (laughs) That event was pretty epic. Like, I was at the North Park shooting the pig flips, and then I said to the other photographer, you can cover the capital, because I just thought, I don't know how the hell I'm going to get there, in and out, I don't know what angles, it's going to be a headache, and it sounded like it was hard, but so many people I spoke to, they were like, we were a metre from these athletes as they raced past, trying to get up these steps, and it was just, like, incredible. But when I went to see the Capitol building itself, it's, like, spectacular. So yeah. I, I, I wondered why they haven't done that yet, because it's, like, such an iconic, like, 
part of the city. Um, but to hear, well, to see the athletes like just crumble at that finish line and like who can hang on and who can, who's resting and who's taking, picking up the bag, taking one step and then dropping again. Like it was just, oh, it was good. Incredible. Was good. So that's your memorable moment. What was your favorite event and why? Hmm. Gosh, um, I personally, I really love the bike, um, the bike event or the Hayley Adams uh, one. That was the first event like of the games, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, With all the scandal and, and the was, scoring. Oh, I know. But um, that was a cool event because I personally would love to do something like that. Like I love to get on the bike and, and it was my first event at the CrossFit Games shooting as well. So it was quite exciting to figure out how to cap, how to cover it, how to capture the moments to figure out who's on who's leading and to see different partnerships forming different who's drafting off who to try and get back up on the leaderboard who really suffered on the on the toaster bar and, and is having to come back or it was, yeah it was just really it was a really cool event and then to see Haley Tia really nipping at the, at the at the feet of Haley on that last run I'm like that would have been terrifying to be like i've really got to send this run it was pretty cool it was just really cool and i like hayley adams i don't know like i don't know why but she's just like a oh well, uh, she's my spirit that, animal so. i love hayley adams ah, and she's yeah, such a goober yeah. too when she tripped over at the line like she's, oh, i heard about that yeah. oh it's there's so many memes going on about it or even i saw my one of my favorite memes from the crossfit games is this um, I don't remember what they wrote on the meme, but it's um, when they announced that she'd won that event, uh, you know, in the award ceremony where they give oh, people trophies and she's like eating yes. her pizza and then Mal looks at her as if to say, this is you, quick. And she's like, oh, shit. Like, you know, she just uh, seems like, yeah, she seems like a young, you know, teenager, which she is. Or I think she might might be early 20s now, but she's incredible. Yeah. But speaking of pizza. Yeah. Did you see that other meme that's going around with, um, with Guy when he proposed to his partner his fiance now and like Danny and it's speaking Danny in the background Spiegel. like scoffing <laughs> pizza it, it is gold because I missed it on the live broadcast but then I've missed a lot I barely saw the broadcast but um I saw those memes and it just cracked me up it was great that's what I think people don't understand when you're there in person I can't wait to go back and watch the broadcast because you do get to experience it as a whole but especially you um taking photographs like sometimes you might miss a moment because, yeah, you got that the first place finisher across the line, but you miss the race for second or third, which sometimes is more exciting because it's so close. Um, in terms of my favourite event, I don't know what you thought of it, but I loved the last two events in the Coliseum and maybe it was because there was so much drama around, you know, it's the end of the competition, but especially Jackie Pro putting that uh, time cap on the 1,000-metre row for many Ooh, people, yes. I didn't realize this, but again, um, Christy O'Connell came out and said she actually had, a, had to hit a lifetime PB on her row. The women had to row at a pace of 1 minute 49, I think, per 500 meters, which is pretty impressive at the end of the weekend. So a lot yeah. of excitement in the Coliseum around that. And then to finish with the bar muscle-ups, but also that yoke carry, clean front squat, deadlift, the, oh, the back nine, the event rough. before that, that was so exciting. But again, rough. how quickly the athletes were doing that, the weights on the barbell, and also the fact that it was the end of the weekend. Some of the athletes, I was just like mind blown. So I think that might have been, you know, my favorite part. Yeah. Finally, I don't want to keep you too much from your holiday, but what's your key takeaway, whether it's as an athlete, as a photographer, or just as a full frother fan? 
Jeepers. Um, as a as a photographer, it really well my my job this this um, games was to really follow the story and what are the stories going to be for each event, which is just a new unique perspective for me because generally when I shoot an event, it's like oh, here's Ali Turner. I like Ali Turner. I'm going to take photos of her, and they, and that's fun. Whereas it's like... Shout out to Ellie Turner. We do love her. <laughs> yes. But I was like, well, where, where is everyone placed? Who's, who's going to make a push here? And what are we going to... What is the morning chalk I'm going to be writing about? Um, which was just a different, different spin on it, which was quite fun. Um, but the takeaway is get to the games. Like, oh, my goodness. Um, you, you need to experience it. It's so much fun. And now I value or I'm enjoying... Or watching any games content because I oh that's the North Park and this is where this bit goes and this is where I've been there and yeah and it's all of a sudden everything like the picture that you that you paint yourself is like so much clearer so really fun um, and also try try new things and be ready for anything like as the big as a big message I guess from Boz and and the whole games is like hey you yeah be be prepared for everything yeah I think that's my takeaway as well. I, especially in my own training, I'm like, you need to be adaptable and seeing the athletes adapt on the fly, not only to the new movements, uh, to the kind of out of the box events, but also just little things that you don't see on TV. Like when we're in the North Park and there was the ring muscle up event and it got quite windy. So the rings are flying in the air and then you see them, they just jump up, grab them and go. Even the team athletes, they're just such consummate professionals that they just get on with the job. What was thrown at them throughout the weekend, I know Boz talked about why they had the tandem row. Oh, the tandem rower. I almost forgot about that. That was fun. Um, I mean, it's teamwork. You want to punish the team for not being able to work as a team. And so if you think about a boat and you have multiple people rowing and one person just stops rowing, what happens? Well, those other people still rowing have a lot more work to do, and, and that's simulated on those sliders a little bit. You're out of sync. Whoever's starting that stroke is taking the weight of the boat, so teamwork pays off. Seeing them adapt to that on the fly was incredible. Yeah. And not one athlete that I spoke to across the whole weekend had a bad word to say about the programming in terms of the new events. I know there was a lot of criticism on not including the rope climbs in the alpaca all that kind of stuff but in terms of having them try new things not one person said oh I don't like this this isn't what I trained Mm. for and so I Mm. think it's a challenge for me as an athlete or even the people that I coach or the people at our box I want them to be more playful and to try new things because I think ultimately that's what's going to make you a better athlete Mm. yeah but thinking about that and the programming and 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 how so many different things were, were thrown at these athletes it impressed me that Medeiros and Tia came out on top. It's like you can't really question the odd this, that, and the next thing. It's like they are – you can't question them being the fittest. Like overall, like there was so many different random spanners in the works, but then they just like got the job done. They were adaptable and, and they are super flipping fit. So and that was that was like a mind-blowing thought. And I'm like, wait a minute. This was like people complaining about X, Y, and Z, but somehow they're still coming out on top. So like there can't really be a question about whether this was a good test because like, hey, some, the champs did well. And, and, and yeah, that was pretty cool. Speaking of just getting on with the job, I can't wait to see all of the photos as you start to edit. And if anyone is listening, make sure you give the crispy dudes 
a double tap. It was an absolute pleasure being there on the sidelines and working with you again. And I'm sure it will not be the last time. Bro, thanks for having me. So I feel like I let the team down a little bit. I completely forgot to ask Boy Riz about his gym fails. So I quickly messaged him afterwards and he's given us a, a pretty good one that I think a lot of people can relate to. And I don't know about you guys, but this has definitely happened to me. When you go to do a banded pull-up and it goes wrong and you flick the pull-up band into, as he calls it, his gonads, but (laughs) us girls can use our imagination. You know, (laughs) I had a really bad one the other day. I was trying to do um, uh, ring dips with a band and I had the really tiny little thin orange band and it whipped up onto the back of my legs and I was wearing short shorts and it was like a burn that I had to walk off. Like it was like, and there was a guy doing bench near me and he was like, Ooh, I felt that. Like, you know, when you, you you hear it, but you can feel it and there's nothing worse than when you see someone do it and their eyes start to water and you're like, (laughs) you're like, don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. Don't cry. I would always. I'd always use a band for like scaling workouts when I first started, but also because you're in the middle of a workout, you're trying to go really fast. And I, I hit myself in the face multiple times. Cause oh. you just like, kick, you're kicking out of that band and you're trying to transition to the next thing. And you're just like, you know, close one eye and just keep going, you know, <laughs> but all band of pull-ups aside, what did you guys think of the CrossFit games as a test as a whole, watching it at home and everything that Boz threw at the athletes? I think a big talking point this year was a lot of the new stuff that got introduced. I mean, we all know about the double under crossovers, the high school gymnastics stuff, like wall facing handstand push-ups. Like that was the parallel, like the parallel bars. Like I, I don't think I've seen that many new elements in a games ever. Yeah. What was it like to watch that double under crossover event at home? Cause I'm going to admit the women's event was a bit of an anticlimax, but the men's, mm with our mate Nick Matthew, that was incredible. It was such a good vibe. The men saved it, that's for sure. Like I think if nobody had to finish the workout, it would have been a bit like of a flop Um, because like watching the women do it and just watching them struggle was actually frustrating and really hard and I was like, that was stupid. And now that I've had more time to like think about it, I don't think it was stupid. I actually think that it was like it was quite cool. But definitely the fact that Nick Matthew got to do the the actually like kick up to handstand and finish it, like that made it, like that definitely made it for sure. Well actually Justin Medeiros also finished the double under crossovers and I think Guy Maheros as well. But you probably didn't see that. But, yeah, I wanted to see them all do the press to handstand and they didn't get there. I feel like the logical transition for me, though, with that workout, not that I'm hating on the double under crossovers. I mean, it is what it is. You have to adapt to whatever you're given. But I think the logical transition on that workout was singles, doubles, triples. Mm, And I think that might have been like a cooler one because then, like, you would have seen all of those girls get through those triple unders and get into the press to handstand. But, I mean, and then it would have been more of a race for sure instead of yeah. just like who who won that? Like with the women, it was like who who won that event? Like it just looked like a massacre. Like even <laughs> though Danielle Brandon won, she was like, what the fuck? So you didn't really think she was winning. Like the, like the whole thing, you know, you had to check the leaderboard later. And like it wasn't yeah. until the next day, I think, because it was like such a jumble from that first event. Um, yeah, so triples definitely would have made it more of like a race at the end. And it would have been cool to see them all have to do the press to handstand under like pressure as well. 
That would have been cool. Have you tried to do the double under crossover yet? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a fucking no-go. <laughs> the whip on the back the of whip. the legs. I have that from the fucking rope. <laughs> yeah. Same. For sure, same. I, tr- I tried it legitimately twice, threw my rope on the ground, was like, it's not for me. I did it a couple of times. I got one. I got one double under crossover. <laughs> what about um the single unders i did them as a warm-up the other day and i was like oh yeah still got it but then when i went to try and do the transition from singles to doubles i was like oh no i've lost my double unders but then i just like took a deep breath and it's all good they're still there but <laughs> i think that would have been hard to for them in that event to make that transition i was so impressed by the strict pegboards too they were all doing that like it was nothing oh can I just ask a question? I was a little confused between the difference between the second pegboard and the third pegboard. What was the difference? Were they both strict? Yeah, I don't think there was a difference. So it was just oh, was they were the same. Front. Yeah, so you had the strict pegboard, strict pegboard again, and it was just the double unders. And also, I haven't tried it yet, but that pistol, um, that um, standard that they Variation. had with the pistol, yeah, not being able to drop your working, leg. sorry, your non-working leg. That would be hard. So hard. I mean, I haven't I tried it, but around. I'm assuming. I dance around so much. I mm. like, you know, like, it. I mean, it's, it's all just balance and control, right, at the end of the day. Yeah. And they are all good things that I think you need to work on. The other thing was the wall-facing handstand push-up. And Boz, in an interview, um, said something really cool about why he wanted to use that standard. Uh, (laughs) The backstory, I'll ramble a little bit, was uh, a long, long time ago, I had an instructor uh, named Xiao Hong who used to do those type of handstand push-ups on stadium stairs. He would cartwheel up, he'd do them freestanding chest to the stair and back up. And in my mind, that was always kind of like the ideal handstand push-up. That just so strong, so skillful. I thought, how could we replicate that? So we got pretty close. I'll, I'll put this one to you, Jordan, because we've actually had to do something similar recently in our training. What do you think of the wall-facing handstand push-up? I actually loved that event. Like, I thought that it was perfect because they've been progressively going from, like, kipping handstand push-ups to deficit kipping to strict to deficit strict. I just – I'm how much further are you going to go, you know, with that and, unless they're doing parallettes on a box – strict handstand push-ups and like like when does that end but then making them face the other way and do them wall facing and then having to go pretty deep as well I thought that was like a perfect added element of progressively making it harder but without making it just deeper and more ridiculous um Mm -hmm. and you could see that they like some people really really struggled um on that standard so yeah and I mean we did them the other day just to the floor and yeah, it's like it's it's hard enough, you know. Mm. So I'd I'd love to try it up on that on that platform. Even having to war walk onto the platform under fatigue and have to step your hands up onto it before you even do your handstand push up. And then if you get no repped on depth and you have to come down and do that whole thing again, just like I could just see how it just snowballed. It was yeah, it was so cool to watch. I really like the movement. My only criticism was there was no standard with the judging. Like you watched mm. I could see Alexis Raptus doing her reps. And I could see Jacqueline Dahlstrom, who really struggled with that event, but only because of her judge. And anyone who was in that lane got so many no reps. And I think Mal O'Brien was in that lane. And 
to, from my point of view, which was only like four rows back, they were doing exactly the same thing as Alexis Raptors who beat everyone else by two minutes. So yeah. I think with a, a movement standard like that, maybe there needs to be tighter judging, but I really like the standard and I like it even more when I heard commentators or even Boz explaining why they did it, that that's a really good progression to get into a really good position for your handstand push-up. And again, Jordan, I don't know if you found that when we did it in our programming, but you had to be in the perfect position, otherwise it just wasn't going to happen. And so I think it would be oh, a definitely. really good way for people to be like, oh, okay, the games athletes were doing this movement. Is there a scaling option to that that I can do? But I also think as well uh, anything wall-facing has helped me a lot with my strength for handstand push-ups, so I would recommend anyone doing it. It's such a good way to learn that strength position and it's such a good way to train that right movement pattern of using the tripod. Um, so definitely I think I – think you know, you should almost be building strength in that position like before you flip around um, and kick up onto the wall to do a regular handstand. Just with the judging though, I was wondering whether some of the judges were getting confused between the men's standard and the women's standard because some of the judges definitely seemed like with the women, they wanted them to go so much lower Mm. than than was necessary. And then other judges, I was like, are they only watching like where the ponytail's going? Like definitely there was all sorts of like different depths going on. So some people I think yeah, got a bit stitched up in that workout for sure. I don't know whether you guys saw this on the broadcast because obviously they focus on who's in the lead and whatnot, but in the final heat, maybe it wasn't even the final heat, the second second last heat, Matilda Garns and Laura Horvath didn't mm-hmm. even get one rep. And their judges, I thought, were – like I was watching Laura Horvath, big Horvath fan, but um, and I was and I was hoping that this was the year that she finally wouldn't shit the bed in the handstand workout. And again, I was a bit disappointed. But I actually thought she was hitting depth. So did I. I was watching her, and I, I and she like, was chatting to her judge. You, you could see she was getting frustrated. And she was asking like, "How deep do I have to go? Was I close? Like, what's like, what's going on?" She kept asking her judge every rep, and her judge was, you know, obviously you can't tell what they're saying. And then she'd kick up, go again, do what I'd consider. A, a great rep and get a no rep and it was just yeah and then by the time you've gotten five six no reps in your first set like you're probably pretty frustrated and it's like it's over you know I wanted to hopefully this isn't too much of a tangent but Riz and I spoke about it boy Riz not girl Riz <laughs> in that chat before um the event Jackie I think I called it Jackie Row, but it's Jackie Pro the <laughs> rowing standard having Ooh. to row what did you guys think of that I loved that element. Oh, yeah. crazy, right? I um I like I was watching Christy Ramo do that event and she, when she finished up and she did not get off the row up for a full 30 seconds afterwards. Like she didn't even stand up. And then once I'd read her post afterwards, she said that was actually a lifetime PR on the 5K row. And I was like on the sorry, 1K row and I was like imagine having to PR your 1K row just to stay in it. And also I feel like Christy is quite a smart athlete, like very good at pacing. So that would have just messed her right up because obviously she would have done the row a lot slower so that she could then attack the thrusters and the burpees, um, the, you, sorry, the muscle ups. You know our saying and that I, we're always like, it's never one on the row. Well, there oh, it wasn't one def- on the row, but it was definitely, definitely. lost. <laughs> oh, so lost. But like, just imagine the last time I did a 1K row, like you literally fall off the rower, you're on the ground, and you actually sort of feel a bit brain damaged for the whole day afterwards. Imagine mm. like hitting a PR 
and then not rolling around and being brain damaged and having to get up, walk to the thrusters and then pump out 50 of those bad boys before you even get to the muscle ups. Like I, th- I, yeah, I thought that was awesome. Terrible, but like awesome. It was like, it was so in like, intense. And this is where like you see the difference between these athletes and how they are able to separate themselves from everybody else. You know, the ability to just, PR and then get up and do all of that stuff is incredible it's so but it's also what makes it so fun to watch and also the last test of the weekend so everything Mm. that they've done up until then the event before again Riz and I spoke about it uh, the back nine how they had to carry that yoke and the yoke was let me see I've got somewhere 485 pounds for the women so that's 200 and something kilos but for a lot of those women, they failed their clean front squat because of the toll that that took on their body to carry that heavy mm. yoke. Um, mm. And again, the clean front squat was 215 pounds. So what's that in kilos? 97 or something? Yeah, it was something 97 I remember look. I remember looking at it and being like, oh, I could squat that. And then I was like, oh, from the, like in my mind, I imagined there was going to be like racks out there. <laughs> And then I was like, oh, from the ground, from the ground. I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I actually have this. Anyone from our gym here in America that's listening to this podcast will know my gripe. So anytime I'm coaching and there's a front squat in the workout, I'm like, it's from the floor. Like, it's never from the rack. But a lot of the other coaches, well, not a lot, a few of the other coaches will let them take it from the rack. And my, my mantra is, Often it's the clean that will stop you. Like remember, Brittany, 2019, 2020, I could front squat it, but I couldn't clean it. <laughs> so yeah, you exactly. You guys would always say you need to, well, you need to do something that you can clean because that's the whole point of the workout. It's to kind of stop people and just make sure that you're not deteriorating. So, yeah, no racks in that event. But then even Definitely the deadlift, not. what was the deadlift weight? 315 pounds. That's my it's one. Like 140 event. kilos. Yeah, it's like 140 kilos. Done in singles too. No, no bouncy, bouncy. No, <laughs> it's good to see events like that too, where, you know, you watch Tia, I think she crushed it in like a minute 40, something ridiculous. But then you also see the athletes who were kind of top 20, like having to wait to do that weight. It's like, oh, they having to wait to do that weight. That should be safe. Mm. Um, but they're human too, you know, and, and mm-hmm. seeing sometimes that they do fail or when, again, I hope this was on the broadcast. I'm sure it was. But when Roman Krennikov went for that last bar muscle up and failed it, mm-hmm. it's like, yep. oh, they are human. Like he tried to push himself to the absolute limit. And, yeah, that was cool to see. Well, that was the – I felt like that was the same with Tia on those parallel bars and the dips. Mm. Oh, my God. She just – like, I mean, it was – that was not a movement that I thought that Tia would struggle with at all by any means. And she did, you know? They were interesting, actually, like which athletes really crushed that and which athletes didn't. That I thought that was – and the fact that you – if you did fail a rep that you then had to transverse the bars again, like, oh, that was – that's spicy. Poor Lauren Fisher, like, breaking it up into, like, twos and threes and having to do that transverse in between. Oh. I was like, oh, I, it was hard to watch. I was actually sitting near her partner and Garrett Fisher in that event. And they were talking about, because I again, I'll have to go back and look at what the actual event was for the team, but I think you could pick who was going to do the, the dips 
and who was going to do the pegboards and they were discussing mm-hmm. whether you know the journalist in me was eavesdropping like no one's business um that you could pick what you were going to do and I think because of her shoulder injury they were like what's Lauren going to do and when she when she looked like she was struggling on the traverse they were like oh no and then when she started dipping and doing strict dips as opposed to the kipping dips obviously trying to protect her shoulder like I, I don't think it's something was not right there but that was pretty much the whole reason why Reykjavik didn't end up on the podium that that event Oh, definitely. I think they came 30th in that event and they didn't finish outside the top six otherwise. So they definitely would have come at least third, maybe second, had they have even placed inside the top 10 in in that particular event. It was pretty, like, just brutal, hey, but it just goes to show you have to be so good at everything, like, even in the teams now. Like, that was so exciting that there was actually good competition in the teams' competition this year, that's for sure. Absolutely. And the teams, the females have to be able to – you know, I was surprised that the dumbbell weight for the women was 70 pounds in the team's competition as well. So you've just got to be – I think you can't make up a team at the Games, especially if you want a podium now, without four athletes who can potentially go individual as well. Speaking of Lauren Fisher, she was another one that I saw at Whole Foods. <laughs> Jordan thought that we should have a segment on this podcast where we talk about the people that Brittany saw at Whole Foods because – I did spend a lot of time at Whole Foods and do in this country. Mm. Um, but who else was on the list? China Cho. Shout out to China Cho. Third place in the Masters division. Not bad. Yeah, that's her That's her first year. That's her first year going Masters, isn't it? She hasn't competed since she went team with Mayhem, yeah, I'm pretty so. sure. But don't quote me on that. No, I think you're right. Um, going back to all the new elements, though, in terms of our own training, have you guys had to think about, you know, should we be doing single unders? Should we do, be practicing our double under crossovers? Like, does the programming at this year's game change your approach to your own training? It's sort of like a, I guess, like yes and no. Because, I mean, I want to say, yes, we should be good at everything and always practicing. And that's what's so exciting about CrossFit is there's so much stuff and there's so much stuff to practice. But, like, with that said, they first introduced the pegboard back in – the, like the 2015 games and like that was the year that hardly anyone could do it like I think only Margot Alvarez got off the pegboard in that event so she just sort of won like by default and I've done like we have a pegboard so I use it occasionally but with that said I don't need that skill you know what I mean like I've it's never been in the open it's never been the quarterfinals it's never been in a competition that I've done so if I'd never touched a pegboard you know I don't think it would really make a difference to you know, competitive CrossFit, but it's also like a very good exercise for building arm strength. So yeah, like I think chuck those things in, but probably still focusing mainly on like, you know, just the the core movements of CrossFit when you're at our level is probably good enough, you know? Um, I think like, I mean, similar, I think for me, it's, I have this approach where I just I want to be able to do anything. So if you ask me, can you do this? I want to be able to go, yep, I can do that. I want to have like no doubt in my mind that I can do something. It might take a couple of goes. I might not be awesome at it the first time I do it, but I kind of always want to be in the position where I'm never left feeling like I'm just, 
I get to something and I just, I can't do it. You know what I mean? Like not because I'm tired or fatigued or, but because I literally don't have the skill to do it. So same thing. I think you should always incorporate like a huge range of movements when it comes to your training. You should always be challenging yourself kind of in some way or another, especially with CrossFit in general. I think this games is like testament to the fact that you have to be adaptable to anything. You have to be ready to be able to do anything. So if you're constantly limiting yourself or putting yourself in a position where you're like, you're, you're just kind of not like making yourself uncomfortable or not making yourself do things that you're not used to, or be in positions you're not used to being in. There's probably always going to be an element of, of something that you're not going to be able to do. And it's hard, but that's what makes CrossFit hard is trying to be good at everything all of the time. Um, I'd, I like for most people, it's like, just pick one new thing and, you know, have a go at it and try and practice it and just incorporate something new every now and again into what you're doing. I think like Jordan was like, yoke carries, we haven't done those in ages. Like I want to do yoke carries. Like you don't need to do your yoke carry every week, but once mm. a month, like that'd be good to do. And then, you know, at least, oh, okay, well, if a yoke carry ever comes up in a competition, I'm going to be ready for that. Mm. But if you've never touched a yoke before, it's that's something that's likely to come up for us mm. in a work in a competition or in you know something that we're doing something like that maybe not <laughs> hopefully fucking extent. not <laughs> but <laughs> yeah <laughs> but you know a yoke carry that's something that's mm. something that's possible you know it's not out of the realm of what you know people like us three are going to be doing so like I will, I like to do things mm. that are transferable into the other skills. So even if you never have to do a yoke in competition, how good that is for your core and for your leg strength and just, yeah, training, holding that tension in your body without putting the same weight through your knees, doing heavy squats all the time, I think is, you know, just really beneficial. Mm. And with those like traversed it, like, um, like going across the P bars, like I've never done that before, but I reckon that I could because I'm always working on, you know, shoulder strength, shoulder stability. I always do stationary dips, ring, like, you know, ring mm. dips. So even though I've never touched that implement before, I'd feel pretty confident because of the the fact that everything is so transferable in CrossFit that I would be able to jump up and, and do that in a competition. It'd be spicy. It'd be like real, it'd be hard. You, you wouldn't know how mm. close you were to redlining muscle fatigue wise until you got there probably, but I know that I could do it. Yeah. I, that's what I was just about to say, like, trying these other new skills are also only going to help the skills that we already have. So to take the example of the double under crossover, like you're still practicing your double unders. And even um, I've learned this over the past six months working with Chelsea. Sometimes I look at the drills that she gives me like wall facing (laughs) 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 things. And some days I get so frustrated because I'm like, I'm wasting my time trying to do this random thing, like, you know, and doing it. But then all of a sudden, like doing all this handstand work, and I, I think I was talking to you, Riz, about it the other day, like all of a sudden this freestanding handstand popped out of out of nowhere, like absolutely nowhere. I was like, how did that happen? And I spoke to Chelsea about it and she's like, oh, you know all those press to handstand drills we do or, you know, how I'm trying to get you to straddle handstand and do all that. She's like, I'm creating a whole different, you know, all different skill sets. So you should, be, I want you to be able to hold a handstand on one hand if that's possible but that's helping the fundamental skill as well. So I think it's 
so good to be playful and it keeps you interested as well if you're doing all these different things that are ultimately going to expand your skill set. I saw Fee Sagafi, who was on the demo team, who said the one takeaway that she had from the games was to continue playing and to continue being playful in your training so that, mm. yeah, it does keep it interesting, but that also you're like taking the fear factor away from, you know, putting skills on a pedestal because you're like, oh, I might be able to do this. And even our boy Nick Matthew as well, when I spoke to him, oh, when I roped him into that live, poor guy, um, <laughs> how he was talking about why he does double under crossovers. He's like, there's never a skill that I don't want to learn or I don't want to practice. And it goes again back to what you were saying, Riz, there's never anything three of us joke about someone who we once knew who was like, I can't, <laughs> without naming any names. And so anytime I let the eyes tell myself I can't do it, I think back to that saying, I can't, and it annoys mm. me that I said it because there mm. shouldn't be anything that we can't do. Yeah. I can't. I think, so good. <laughs> <laughs> I think just like Jordan said, though, it goes both ways, like, when when you are more playful and you do incorporate really like lots of different things like just like you know like squats help you know will help you carry that yoke doing the yoke is going to help you with your squats it's going to go both ways and I think the more you limit yourself to not doing things like that like you've got to remember CrossFit is an a sport Mm -hmm. of unspecifics it's like yes we have certain standards but really the realm of what we can expect it's just massive they can pull things Mm -hmm. from anywhere you know um and traditionally we've seen it from gymnastics and weightlifting mostly and then conditioning but i mean look at all of the strongman stuff they've started incorporating look at the higher level gymnastics stuff that they've started incorporating that you know we've never seen before so the more adaptable you are in your own training i think the more you're going to be able to you know do things that you didn't think were possible, but also like just keep learning and keep playing with new yeah, skills definitely. and stuff. And also for injury prevention too, like the more different things you do in like different ranges of motion and when you're doing things that have like a bit of a twisting component and you're always building strength in all those different positions, it just means that if you do ever do anything that's not with perfect technique, like, you know, you catch a clean funny or you, you know, you, you move a bit weird, your brain has good awareness of where you are in space, no matter what. And it knows which muscles to tighten, to, to protect you. And you're just far less likely to get injured. If you're always training those different positions, if you just look at classic, classic CrossFit, it's very one plane. It's very, it's very hinge. It's very flexion extension. And if you only ever do those things, if you do catch something a little bit like it, little bit in a different plane a little bit lateral like that's when that's when stuff goes wrong because your body's not used to it your brain's not used to it so I think that the more that you do you know playful fun things and the more that you're doing versatile things the more that you can do everything and the more that I think you're you know you're just going to stay healthy and, and uninjured basically yeah someone in the press box said this and it's an interesting concept I don't know whether I agree with it or not but I didn't realize Boz used to be a competitive gymnast and this journalist said that they think that, so right now you look at CrossFitters, right? Elite level CrossFitters. They can go and do a weightlifting comp and kick ass. They can go and do a strongman competition and do quite well. But there is not one CrossFitter, unless they have a gymnastics background, that could go and compete in gymnastics. And this person said that Boz is trying to kind of change the mindset that not that we need to 
be doing less Olympic weightlifting, not that we need to do be doing less strongman events. Or even you think about a crossfitter who got, goes and does a 5K. We can keep up with the rest of the if running's in our – we're pretty good at running. We can go and do pretty well in a 5K. But I don't know any crossfitter who's going to go and do well in no. a gymnastics competition. And I don't know whether he could program CrossFit so that that could ever be the case, but I wonder whether we should be start starting to – think more like elite level gymnasts rather than being like oh well you know it looks ugly but at least I'm getting it done I just thought that was a very interesting comment and I wanted to know your that's interesting and terrifying (laughs) yeah that's what I thought I was like I hope not struggling as it is (laughs) I think it just comes back to that same thing I think you cannot limit yourself I think if you're constantly putting yourself in a box when it comes to CrossFit you're going to find that there is an issue at some point later on whether you know, you do a competition or you're following a certain program, there's going to be something that comes up that you've never done before. So making sure that you're not closed off to anything, anything that's possible, you know, I think that's something to definitely always incorporate. I think you've got to remember as well, like as CrossFitters, we're like, yeah, we can do bar muscle ups and we can do ring muscle ups and we can do all of those things. And gymnasts are like, yeah, that's how I get on the bar. That's how I. That's how I start. You know, I was mind so... blown when I first learned that. Like, because the ring muscle up is arguably like the pinnacle of CrossFit gymnastics, and then the fact that that's not even mm. considered a skill for gymnasts. That yeah, that's literally just how they get up there to start their routine. I was like, oh my god. I wonder if they look at us doing them for reps, and they're like. What <laughs> A hundred percent. A hundred percent. They're like, you're already up there. Why are you coming back down? Right. <laughs> yeah. Do an iron cross. You're do an iron cross. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, God. All right, guys. Well, one thing I like I wanted to talk about, what was like your key takeaway from a training perspective? Like coming into 2022 season, I mean, you know, from the 2022 season, is there anything that you guys are going to change to keep the same, everything? For me, being there, other than everything that we've spoken about, like obviously, you know, having a bit more play with all these skills, but I was incredibly impressed by how adaptable the athletes are. Mm-hmm. And again, I spoke about it with Boy Riz, but one thing that stood out for me was in the North Park one day there with the ring muscle up event and the up and overs, it was so windy. And the rings were flying everywhere. Three, two, one, go. The athletes jump up. And, like, I'm talking one hand. They can't even do, like, a, a grip at the same time. They have to grab their right hand and then and they just get on with it. They just do it. Even all of the new elements that were introduced when we were talking to athletes afterwards, whether they just weren't saying it, but not one of them was like, this is bullshit CrossFit Games, you know. I trained to do Grace and Isabel and I didn't even get to cycle a barbell. Like they were just so adaptable. And so something for me, and again, Riz, you've kind of alluded to this on other episodes, but that I'm just more adaptable to different scenarios. So while I was in Madison, every gym that I went to, for example, there were rings that were a lot longer straps than we have at our gym here. And I'm doing a competition in a couple of months, which has a lot of ring muscle-ups in it. And I thought at the end of the session, I'm just going to jump up and try these rings because they're so different to the ones that we have back home. And even I'm guilty of always like 
having my favorite barbells or training even in the same section of the gym or even to another extent, like getting the shits if someone walks in front of me while I'm going for like a 95% lift. It's like, you've just got to be able to roll with that. And so trying to change things up in my training, um, I've even thought about now just training at a different gym one day a week because I traveled down to LA and I thought, while I'm down there, I'm just going to train at that gym. So it's something a little bit different because I think I can do well when it's in my control. But if there are elements outside of my control, like if I had been on the North Park, I would have been like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, can we start the clock again? Like my, my ring was flying in the wind. Like that's not fair, <laughs> but you've just got to be adaptable. <laughs> even like the smallest things. Imagine. Like, <laughs> I, I don't think I'd be invited back. But even in that same event, how the athletes had to jump over the pig and the standard was that your back had to be facing the pig as you finish the jump and then turn around and come back. Like that isn't necessarily a standard that we practice, but, you know, they just get a no rep and it's like they don't even think. They just keep going and, and doing it again. So I want to be kind of add that into my training, if that makes sense. So train to be more adaptable because I think right now it's not necessarily something that I succeed at. Even um, training at the same time every day. So I'm quite meticulous with my routine and certain days I will train at certain times. I think I kind of need to look at, you know, maybe adjusting that by an hour or two every day just so that, you know, when you do a competition that, you know, you've got to do a max lift at, 7 p.m. at night I never do that and I'm not saying that I'm going to go and train at the gym at 7 p.m. at night but just to train so that I know that I'm ready for any of those environments if that makes sense 100%. yeah definitely I think the games too just re it all it always does it but I think it's getting more and more as time goes on it just reiterates how well-rounded you have to be and how you can't have any holes in your game I feel like you used to be able to have one, maybe even two bad finishes where you could come, you know, kind of late, late twenties, even like early thirties. And you could still then claw your way back to the podium. Like Pat Vellner is a, a really good example of that, always putting himself in that hole on day one. And I feel like you can't do that now with how good everyone is, with how competitive everyone is. You, you, it's not, it's not okay to be like, oh, I'm not really much of a swimmer. It's okay, I'll just take a hit on that event. Or, oh, I'm not the strongest athlete, so I, I guess I'll just take a hit on that strength event. It's just, it's getting to the stage now where if you don't have everything on lock, I don't think you can really finish much inside the top ten. Yeah, I totally agree. And Justin Medeiros is the best example of that. He didn't win one event. But every single one of his finishes was like two, two to five. Yeah, you got to just be, you got to be consistent. So it just, yeah, it just basically relates to me that you got to keep working on everything. You got to, yeah, just basically just keep improving at everything across the board. Try not to get too, um, you know, too one sided. You got to keep working on your strength, but you can't let your gymnastics slip. And and you got to maintain a certain level of, you know, fitness as well. Basically, unfortunately, unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Side note, like back to the the pig flip, how you were talking about you had to jump over it and then you had to land facing, um, you know, that same way. As I was watching, I was like, this should be the burpee standard for the open because I feel like what they brought in this year, how they were like, oh, you're allowed to leap over the bar because people were doing that half turn thing anyway. I'm like, if, and I hated the, I hated the leap over the bar. It just feels so unathletic. 
But anyway, um, I was like, it'd be pretty simple if you just had to land your burpee facing the, you know, with your back to the bar and then you had to turn, that would just like stop people from doing the kind of the, the almost leap and that like half turn thing. I was like, this is just, I feel like they're always changing the burpee standard. And I'm like, we should give that a go. Cause I think that would at least level the playing field, but it would eliminate basically stepping over the barbell with like a little leg flick, you know? So do you want us to do a burpee jump? So with the pig standard, they had to have their back facing the pig until they turned around. So you'd have to jump over, then turn, finish then, the then jump, turn, and then, then jump down. Then turn. Ooh. It'd be spicy, but then everyone have to do it exactly the same. The people that are sort of doing the one foot takeoff, you know, um, or like the two mm, foot takeoff, half, one, yeah, jumpy half thing. jump thing. I reckon that would just, that would level it across the board, but then it would take out the the really lame new standard of just kind of, you know, horsey horsing over the barbell i mean you're not even horsing half those people were just stepping over the barbell. but then, it's called a fairy jump yeah but then you just like pop that heel up and you're like look i jumped you're like you didn't you stepped over <laughs> with one leg and then you just like kicked your leg back like you're in 90s rom-com <laughs> well there goes if we introduce that standard there goes anyone's hope of finishing that 10 to 1 deadlift workout when that's the reason <laughs> oh that's the repeat oh again. quit Oh, anyway, sorry God. for that tangent, Ryan. What were you going to say? <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, one of the takeaways that I've taken is that it's okay to fail. Mm-hmm. Look at how many people failed so many things in this games, and there doesn't matter how good you are. There's always going to be something that's going to challenge you, and something that is just going to really make you want to die <laughs> and wish you were not doing it. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, that's what training is and that's what we do this for is to challenge ourselves and to try and get better at the things that we're doing. And, um, you know, it's you always think that these people are superhuman and we put them up on pedestals. And, I mean, they are. They're super, they are superhuman. They're absolutely incredible. But they still face adversity in their own training as well and we are going to continue to face that same adversity as well. And you just got to put a smile on your face or if you're Danielle Brandon, just go, what the fuck? <laughs> and um, keep going, you know? Oh, That's actually probably a really good segue to a little uh, fun thing that we want to do. Every time the CrossFit Games rolls around, there are so many good memes that come out. So I feel like we should all pick a favourite meme that we've seen in the wake of the CrossFit Games. Jordan, I know it's been hard for you to pick just one. Oh, you know I'm indecisive. So you can go first. <laughs> you can go first, and if we have time, we can wrap around, and you might get a might second. get a second one in. <laughs> yeah. All right. So I've landed on this great picture of um, Andrea Nisler from the Mayhem team, and she's standing on the podium holding the trophy, but she's pulling like a really ugly crying face. And the caption reads, "That feeling of hitting a PR, but now all your working percentages are going to go up." Just felt like it was so relatable. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite one was definitely the one of Danielle Brennan. So it's her and she's doing the double hunter crossovers and she's just going like looking off and she's just like, what the fuck? But it's the, the meme is when you see, um, sorry, when you're, you look to your coach and they give you a technique correction and you don't do it and then you look back at them and they're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> but 
The lifts still look like ass. <laughs> but also, like, it's it's yeah. all your fault I didn't improve the lift. Like, your cue didn't work. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Mine, and I'm going to try and play you the audio, is of Ellie Turner in the Capitol event. That, Ellie Turner knows what she's doing. Look at that. Short steps, high step frequency. Ellie Turner. Me carrying all 18 grocery bags into the house as fast as possible so I could avoid making multiple trips. Oh, 100%. And just watching the video of her with the jerry cans, I'm like, oh my goodness, I do that on a tri-weekly basis. (laughs) I have a rule, never more than one trip. Like I will die carrying everything in, in one trip. It like I'm not going back. I'm not going back. This is a, another little tangent, but this week, Jordan, when we had that um, piece with the running, the ball carry, and the farmers carry, I was like, Brittany, you're in the capital right now. Do not put these kettlebells down. <laughs> so I was like, if you need to visualize yourself in the CrossFit Games or need to visualize yourself with the shopping bags. You do whatever you need to do to do that bloody farmer's carry unbroken. Instead of stay in at Haley, it's like, don't do a Haley. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Special shout out to our girl, though, Haley Adams. I've seen so many funny memes about her, but she crushed she it. She did. Mate, she did. And she's one person who you talk about, you've got to be an all rounder. And I think that's the only reason why she's never stood on the podium because she doesn't have that strength. But it's improving. And what I find so impressive with her, I'll often look at, for example, the shuttle to overhead. She crushed the run. But then she can also whip out those jerks. Definitely. You know, she's not so far away that, like she used to be, if you get what I mean. Yeah, she's lifting it. She's not lifting I it think- as fast as some others, but she's still putting that barbell overhead. She's lifting it, literally. She is. She, I feel like she has like like the longest, leanest legs, but she is just so strong. I'm like, how? Where? She's a giraffe. How are you doing this? She's a literal yeah. giraffe sometimes, she's, but she's still. But she's still, yeah, just outlifting a lot of the girls that have bigger legs. That's for sure. What yeah. was the meme that you sent us, Jordan, where her face is like as if to say, "What the hell?" When she won that event, one of the it's been used as a meme for so many. And one of the captions is when someone tells you you're going to wear the leader's jersey in the next event. And she's like, what? (laughs) That facial is so versatile. The one that I found was when I tell coach I know how to properly um, bail out of a back squat and then he watches me dump it forward over my neck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that is too good. That is too good. The one of Tia looking like a dad's pretty good too in a in a bucket hat. That's uh that's a good that's a good picture. What's the caption to the one that you had with the dad looking? It was nobody, and then dad's at five thirty on vacation. <laughs> the other one I saw to that photo was dad's admiring their lawn from the other end of the street. <laughs> <laughs> I know we've been slacking off with our regular segments like Book of the Month, but we will get back to it next month. It's probably a good time to wrap up the episode. The games are done for another year, but, you know, it's given us plenty to work towards for season 2023. Ooh, 
I know we're so grateful for like everybody that sent through all of their questions too that helped Britt go out and get like all our good little tidbits and you know we wouldn't have a podcast without everybody listening so please keep engaging with us make sure you hit up the uh, points of performance Instagram page any topics you want us to chat about and of course gym fails keep them coming they'll be in and we will chat to you guys soon all right we'll catch you later Bye. bye